Please listen carefully. Hi, I'm Paul Freelds. And I'm Dave Guzman. And welcome to Practical Base. This is our first actual episode. Uh, hopefully you had a chance to tune in for our episode zero, our Hello World episode, where we kind of introduced ourselves. If you'd like to know a little bit more about me or Dave, we encourage you to take a listen to that. Uh, if not, we're just going to jump right in with our first topic. Sounds great. And that is, um, today we're going to talk about intonation. Intonation. Which uh, may surprise some of you as a first opening uh, podcast subject. It is surprising. Why? So why did why did you pick this one, Dave? Because I I I thought it was a bold move, but I want yeah. you to talk about that. You yeah, it it, it was a bold move. Um, so the reason why we actually started with this one, look in general, there's going to be a lot of things about our base lives that are obscure, right? There's just so many different pieces that make up that final product. And that, but this is, this is just one of them. And this is actually a big game changer, um, or at least it was for me. Um, what's cool about this piece is that this was the point where um, I was actually meeting with you and we, I was, you were helping me out with setting up my base and we kind of went through all these different steps. And the very last step of course was adjusting intonation. Um, so it was a super helpful session just for me to learn from you. But that last piece just changed so much for me, for my, just from my overall sound and feeling like I have control of it yeah. somewhat um, that I thought, you know, this is probably a great place for us to start. It's just somewhat ironic for me. Yeah. And it gives your, the thing about intonation is it just, it gives your instrument, it kind of breathes life and beauty into it. I mean, one of the yeah. things that I've found with uh, when people buy, you know, a cheaper instrument or a used instrument, um, you know, they probably are, are happy, but sometimes they feel like there's just, there's like a little something missing. Right. And so often it's just those setup adjustments that can take that instrument from being like, you know, a budget instrument to something that you can really like you know, live your base life on and be really happy about it. Right. It's all in that, it's all right. in that setup. So, right. yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, when we talk about intonation, it's probably important to define what we're talking about. And what we mean is making your instrument in tune all the way up and down the fingerboard. Right. Um, you can yeah. think of it as like being in tune with itself. And, Another way to think about it is if you want to be technical, what you're really doing is setting the length of the string that vibrates really, really precisely or as precisely as you can, right? I mean, we're not, we're not talking about going and like engaging in robots to do this or something, but <laughs> you know, as, as much as you can with you know, simply using a couple common tools and a decent tuner. Uh, you can you can really really take your bass from being a good sounding instrument to being a great sounding instrument. Yeah, and getting that bass to a point where it's like pleasurable. Yeah, you know, there's always like there was this mysticism for me of like sometimes I would pick up somebody's bass and I just wanted to play it forever. Now sometimes it's just the bass in general, right? Like <laughs> right. there's so many different pieces bass to lust. that. <laughs> but this is 
this is just like a big piece. That's a, it's a simple thing to take care of that will give you that joy. Yeah, it really is. And, and you can do it yourself. I mean, don't let anybody make you think that you've got to take your instrument to a specialist uh, to do this. And, you know, really the only thing you need are the tools that probably came with your bass. Um, and normally that is either uh, the right sized Allen wrench uh, or a Phillips screwdriver. It depends on the kind of base that you have and the kind of bridge that you have. But yeah. the the operation really is all about setting that that string length, and and yeah. you can do that. You just need you know one of those tools and uh, and a good tuner. Um, so the the thing that I think you pointed out, Dave, that was that was so vital here is um, that you know this is part of a full setup, right? Um, you can get your instrument in tune. Um, but generally this is part of doing a full setup operation. We'll probably talk about other things about setup, I'm sure, as we go here mm-hmm. on practical base. But intonation is something where, you know, I feel like that's kind of one of the most mystical, like least understood things. People will set their their you know, the the truss rod, string height. Right, yep. right. Like they'll do those things, but sometimes intonation is the thing that people leave off or they kind of forget about, but it's so vital. Um, you know, the way it works is really that strings have an octave harmonic. Now, hopefully people here know what a harmonic is. It, you know, the, the easy way to do it, to, to do a harmonic is, you know, you, you sort of touch on a particular position of the string without pushing it down to the fret like you normally do. You just sort of touch it and then you pluck the string or yep. pick it and let off of the string with your left hand like right after you do that. And if you are touching at one of the harmonic points on the string, you're going to get a high kind of chiming note is going to come out of that at that point. It's a beautiful sound, actually. Yeah, it is. It's gorgeous. For bassists, we love that. Oh, yeah. It's like, because it's a place that like takes your bass from being like the bass voice to like this beautiful angelic thing that's on top oh, it's amazing it's great yeah um that was my little impression of an angel was that pretty good <laughs> yeah that oh. sounded just like a bass yeah. i am yeah like yeah. An, like an angelic bass <laughs> um but you know one of these magic points is at the octave right the octave or the 12th fret so right. that is one of those magic points and if you happen to touch you know that that at the 12th fret again not fretting the note but like right on top of where the fret lies and you pluck or pick, and then you let off with your left hand, you're going to hear a chime, and it's going to be that note, like your G or your D or your A or your E or B or whatever note you happen to have on that particular string where it's tuned. And you're going to get a chime that's going to be an octave up from the open string. Right. And a lot of people will tune with those. Um, The great thing about the octave harmonic is that because it is always by definition halfway down the vibrating string length. It is always going to be, you know, perfect. It's going to be an octave above where yep. the string is tuned. So if you've tuned the open string, right, you've tuned it well, yep. and then you hit that octave, like that, that harmonic is always going to be exactly halfway down the string um, for on that vibrating length. Right. And, theoretically, right, that's exactly where the 12th fret should be as well. That's right. So that's the key, right? Theoretical. Right. 
But what are we, Dave? We are practical. practical right? We are practical, practical. base. So, yeah, and, and, and practically speaking, the manufacturers all, you know, they're, they're creating necks for their instruments that are machined very, very precisely, right, by computers and, and you know, robotic bits that carve those frets exactly where they should be. Even on a handmade base, yeah. right, the luthier is using very, very precise tools to make sure that the frets are carved exactly where they should be. Right. Mathematically speaking. Right. So, you know, all that stuff is based on math and the scale length of the base. And, you know, that way the frets end up exactly where they should be. Yeah. And so, again, theoretically, your 12th fret is right there where exactly where the halfway down the vibrating string length, right, from the nut to the place where the string leaves the bridge saddle. Um, hopefully they're at the same place, but that's the key, right? As your base has passed through, you know, if it's a used base, it's gone through different owners, it's gone through seasonal changes, sure, different strings, right? And it's been thrown in cars, thrown in car, yep, been thrown downstairs, been thrown downstairs, <laughs> smashed <laughs> into stages, <laughs> all of the things that happen. regular stuff, you know, yeah, just you know, normal, you know, normal beat up your instrument kind of things. <laughs> Um, we're, we're not, we're not abusers. We're not no. base abusers here, but we know <laughs> that some of you are, and that's okay. We do not judge here. Um, but the point being that the length, the vibrating length of that string may no longer be exactly at the ideal length anymore. Right. And there isn't, there's an, also a minor point to this as well, which is that the string size and weight, like the mass of the string and the and the diameter of the string, they also play a minor part in this as well, right? Right. It's it's not something that you can like change strings and immediately know how to like. Oh, if I just tweak my intonation this much, it's going to be perfect again. Right. You have to. No, there's no way. Yeah. yeah. You, you have, have to, to check like, it. each one. Right. Right. And again, that harmonic will be in tune. If the open string is in tune, the harmonic should also be in tune. If that's not true, you may need to check your tuner or you may need to get a better tuner because like by definition, yeah. those pretty much have to agree. Um, practically speaking, there is gonna there will be slight differences. And again, that's that's where the string mass and, and length come in, but they should be very, very, very close. Like sure. close yeah. enough like that you should not, you know, freak out about it. If you're using like a one of those nice strobe tuners or something like that. Yeah. And you see a little, like you see a tiny, tiny difference, like, oh, it's holding steady for the open note, but it's moving very, very slightly for the harmonic. Don't freak out about it. Like just, you know, you get to the nice middle ground. Yeah. And, and, and because you, you know when it's off, when it's off, it's off. You could see yeah. it's, it's the, the needles in a way different direction. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I started using for my intonation instead of just my, regular tuner i use like my interface like what i use for recording that it's it's just a much more solid yep. sway and it kind of gives me a, a just a closer look at you know just feeling like if, if i'm taking the time to get there i might as well put like the best tuner that i have available yeah at that for that task yeah it makes sense i, I don't think we're we're saying that people have to go out and buy like you know 200 or 500 dollars tuners 
Um, there's a lot of great digital tuners out yeah. there. So for practical purposes, you know, a decent tuner will work. I personally think tuning through the microphone of your iPhone or iPad or your your Android phone or whatever, that may not be as as accurate as a tuner that you plug in. Right. But there's a lot of tuners that you can get that you can plug in for like 20 bucks or 40 bucks that right. are really, really decent. There's some great pedals out there like the, uh, I'm forgetting the name now, but it's the, um, I think it's, I think it's by TC, right? Mm -hmm. TC electronics, the one that like they yep. make a guitar tuner that will tune all your strings. Like it'll show you the yeah. tuning of all your strings at once or something. Yeah. It's the one it's called a, a polychromatic yeah. tuner. That's, that's my, that's my baby. And yeah, it's, it's nice. They're fantastic. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and it will give you like the two different like it'll either give you the 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 view where it'll show you the note, or that it'll show you like what direction. You yeah. know those two kind of different tuner views. Yeah, I I always loved the Korg. You know the the small Korg tuners, mm -hmm. like the TU tuners. You know I know they're they're not the most expensive things, but I always found like the way that their needle reacted was yeah. like it it didn't twitch, like, right? And and make you kind of second guess yourself so yeah. much, which I I kind of dig. But yeah. you know regardless. There are a ton of tuners out there, and so you know, use it. Use a decent one. Mm -hmm. Just make sure that that you know that that harmonic is tuned. Um, the one thing I think that I don't, I I would caution against, are the kind of tuners that you clip onto your headstock, and they're not bad, right? Those those can they can work in performance and so forth. But I just I don't find that they're I don't find that they are quick enough or accurate enough to to work for setting intonation yeah yeah i think for this case you want something that's directly yeah directly connected in. somehow mm -hmm. yeah i think we agree um so in any case you, you hit that harmonic note and then the next thing you do is actually fret at the octave like you know just normally as if you were playing and i i do believe that you know, it, it helps to have the bass in playing position when you do it, like not flat on a workbench, but, you know, actually holding it in playing position because the weight of the strings, you know, there is some gravity kind of moving them downwards. Yep. That Your sounds, neck is, yep. Yeah. It, it sounds fiddly. You know what I mean? Like it sounds, oh, you're be, oh, you, I'm being so prissy about the tuning, but, <laughs> but really, insane. yeah, it does, it does matter because um, that's where you're going to be holding it normally. So, you know, might yep. as well. Just like any, any other aspect of your, like, setup stuff should always be in that position because that's where the bass lives. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, so you've, you've done, you've checked the harmonic. And the next thing is that you, you know, you fret at the octave, you, you play that normal fretted note. And if you do not find that that is in tune, right. If it's flat or sharp, you need to intonate, right. That's, you need to intonate on that string. And right. what the intonation really is, is just moving the bridge saddle forward or backward um if the fretted note is flat right if it's if if you're fretting and and that note is flat uh, as opposed to what where the harmonic was in tune right what it means is that the harmonic point is is higher than that fret is so what you need to do is move the saddles towards the nut towards the head of the bass very slightly that makes the vibrating length shorter so that you can get the fret in line with that harmonic point. Right. Right. And that's the opposite is true, right? As well. 
if your fretted note is sharp, you want to make the vibrating length just a little bit longer, move the saddle away from the nut so that now the fret and the harmonic point line up. Right. This is kind of like this is like the just the easiest way that I know to check your intonation. Yeah. And and like with any other setup thing, you know, don't 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 go crazy, right? Just a little tweak it a little bit at a time and you get a feel like if you've moved the you know, if you've moved the bridge saddle like a millimeter, check it again and see what you did. Like you don't want to like move it like a quarter inch and right. <laughs> yeah. I think a a good starting place for anything like this is when you're first, you know, if you're putting a screwdriver or an Allen wrench to your base at all, just start with quarter turns. Yeah. Yeah. Just 90 degrees, quarter turns, just, you know, start there, just see what it does. If it doesn't do anything, yeah, you might end up having to go a half a turn or even a full turn. Uh, you want to make sure that you avoid anything extreme with your base because yeah. I've, I've mangled a base or two. Um, one of the things I learned yeah. not too long ago is that, you know, manufacturers... They're, they use specific, you know, screws with specific thread proportions on them so that they know like a quarter turn is moving the bridge saddle like a half a millimeter or right. something like that or, or a quarter of a millimeter right. or you know, whatever. Like they know that a rotation on the thread has a specific length to that's it. That's right, yeah. Which is amazing. Like that's amazing to me. That blew my mind when yeah. I found that out. <laughs> but um. Yeah. yeah. So, and, so and, like, and when and when you get here too, like uh, you know, I think when you start getting to the point where you're really looking at which way that which way you're going to turn that that Phillips or that Allen, um, based on whether it's sharp, like there is a big picture of it, right? Because you're just shortening the strings. So if you're shortening it, then you know it's going to sharpen a bit. Um, so you can have the conceptual thing. Or for me, even though you know, I I like to think of any of this stuff as conceptual, like at, at that level. Um, there's literally no harm in just creating like a document. Like I have a word yeah. document with notes, so I don't have to think of this stuff. So if I'm like just doing something quick, I pull up the document, I've made my notes, I've like taken the time to think beforehand. All right. If it's, you know, if I do my intonation, if the, if it's sharp, I turn it this way and then it's foolproof or maybe right. it just becomes natural, whatever the case is, but at least the notes are there. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, another, I think another point here is just to make sure, you know, after you make that adjustment, you always want to then retune the note, right? Because when you've done that, you will change right. the tuning of the strings. So, you know, you make your little quarter turn or half turn or whatever adjustment, retune the note. So again, make sure that the open string and that harmonics and that harmonic at the octave are in tune again, and then check them after you've done that, then check them against the fretted note again. Um, so each time that you're doing this, you're you're retuning the note, making sure that it's that it's as perfectly right. in tune as you can make it. Check it again, and then if you need to make another adjustment, do it. Retune, retune. the string, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. A quick thing too that I've found also, like when you're doing any of the any of like this specifically, like these bridge adjustments, <clears throat> depending on the type of bridge that you have, um, if it's just like that basic you know, generic, um, which I have, you know, I've had and I've, I've used just those generic bridges. Sometimes when you make the change, it doesn't actually move the bridge. So don't be afraid to like, just with one hand sort of like lift up that string, like just tug on it a little bit and then push out the bridge with the other yeah. hand. Yeah, just kind of like get it snugged up in a position. Cause if not, you could, you can get it perfectly tuned in that position. And then you get on stage and you start playing 
and then it, and then the adjustment goes back the into where it's moves supposed to like and the saddle moves, yeah you. and yeah. that little bit makes a difference and all of a sudden everything's back off and you know where that happened i i see that happen a lot um especially with like the you know the vintage style or standard style that's like the one the i'm talking about bridges, yeah. right where the the screws kind of like there are screws that go down through the saddle for string height right and they literally just sit right on the plate yeah so you may, if you don't think that anything is happening as you're making these adjustments, you might even want to try like detuning the string completely, literally to where it's like, like right. flapping around and then move the bridge with your, your finger yeah. and then tune right back up again. Yeah. It's a good idea. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I've, I, yeah. Cause those, those old bridges like that are, yeah, absolutely famous for that. Some of the modern bridges are like, they're kind of made to avoid some of those issues but you know even so it doesn't it never hurts to you know just detune the string you know fiddle with the bridge a second just make sure it's in like a stable position yep. and and bring it back up to tune yeah that's a that's a super point having described this i mean it seems super fiddly so you know people probably want to know how often how often do they need to do it like how how often do you tend right. to do an intonation after i discovered this thing that's been around for however many years, new to me. Um, I think I've become, you know, somewhat obsessed with it. So for me, you know, I always joke around that I, I blame like if the sound's not right on my bass, I just I know it's my intonation. Like it's got to be that. <laughs> it's the intonation. <laughs> and it, it's usually not, but it's because like, of that, I, I you, do. You I played you played I, an I E actually, flat instead I of a D, it, right? and you're like, no, it's the intonation. <laughs> it's just don't worry about this, guys. Um, I I check. At this point, like for me, I, I check it pretty regularly, you know, yeah. um, but it, at least uh, for me, I would say once a month, I'm actually looking at this yeah. because I play one bass and one bass only on all my gigs. So it, it gets all of, the, all of the abuse. So once a month, it, more or less, I'm yeah. going in there that might line up with the time that I'm changing my strings, but basically it's you know, I'm doing the full setup, but mostly to get to that point, yeah. which is like the end goal to get that intonation right. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think, you know, from, from my standpoint, um, I'll do usually a quick check, um, you know, just about any time I, anytime I change strings, you know, even if I just, sometimes I'll do it just because, you know, I pulled my instrument out. I haven't played this particular instrument for, you know, a few weeks or a month or something. And I'll do a quick spot check. Like I'll check that harmonic against the fretted note. Hey, does this sound decent? Is it like still in tune? And if I see that it is, I'm like, okay, great, great. Things are holding. That's fine. Nothing weird happened. Nothing shifted around on the bridge or whatnot. Right. Um, but, you know, each time I change strings, I'll do that. A lot of times when I'm changing strings, I'm I'm using the exact same strings, like same gauge, same manufacturer, sure. same everything. And, you know, these things are really precisely engineered. So I don't find usually that I have to do it every time I change strings. Yep. But if I switch the kind of, the, the kind of strings or the sure. gauge of strings, yep. I definitely do it then. Right. Um, you know, another thing that I found is like a change of season yep. uh, can affect it, right? Because your neck on your base is going to, you know, it's made of wood and it's going to, to some degree, expand or contract based on the season um it's usually not radical like over the course of one night i'm bringing my base in from the out you know from my van sure. to the yeah. gig or whatever and it's cold outside that's usually not such a big deal or you know summer 
the same way. But when the average temperature, you know, over many, many weeks starts to be very different, you know, that can be an effect. So yeah. especially wherever you store your base. I mean, and sometimes yeah. you just don't have choices. I mean, yeah. for me, like where I keep my instruments or my my base room, my base studio is that part of the house is just it's just cold. Yeah. And and it is what it is. And yeah. you know. So, you know, and maybe some people are in parts of the world where, you know, they have a very steady climate and, you know, you may not have that problem, right. which is, is awesome. Um, you know, like, I don't know, Hawaii or Bora Bora or any of those places that we want to go live and rock and roll play bass for the yeah. rest of our lives. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think maybe one, one last point about this is that, you know, we've, we've talked about like the way that we set intonation. If you find that you have have to set your intonation a lot because you're finding that it, hey i just reset this last week i haven't changed strings and it's messed up again right and you're finding that all the time um i would probably recommend to have that bridge looked at right because it, you there maybe there could be something wrong with it maybe like you know the springs on the bridge screws are are not are no longer you know uh they're no longer springy. Right. There I was, was looking for the word for springy. I didn't, I couldn't come yeah. up with it. It is springy. Springy? Yeah. We can agree yeah. on that. Okay, yeah. it's springy. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be something like that. It could be something else with your bridge. Um, you know, we've tried to give you some tips, hopefully for, you know, manually checking that your, you know, your adjustments are 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 actually being felt by the bridge. But, you know, if you're having to do this all the time, uh, you know, I would probably say, Maybe have that looked at. By, and start by an start expert. to look at other at other sources, or, or you know, maybe in my case, uh, it's just you know check your head. Check maybe your, maybe you're overthinking it. Maybe you're putting <laughs> the blame on something that's not. <laughs> it's not really the source. <laughs> you're like the the psychotic intonator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's probably a good place for us to wind up with the psychotic intonator. That's awesome. Um, so so uh, we will be back next time with uh, with another podcast uh, covering a topic of practical knowledge for you, the working bassist. We hope you are enjoying this series. Um, we are definitely open to your comments, your criticisms, your ideas for future topics. Uh, we want you to visit us on practicalbase.com and we really want to connect with you. We don't want you to just, you know, feel like we're feeding you stuff. We would love to hear back from you and like have a relationship with you guys, our yeah, listeners. Please. Yeah. So, so drop us a comment there. You can uh, get on the website and uh, at practicalbase.com, you can subscribe to the podcast there. Uh, we're out on iTunes, on Google Play, and we also have an RSS feed that you can catch in whatever podcatching app that you have. Uh, we are also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Google Plus, and we hope that you will, again, catch up with us, connect with us, and uh, let us know what you think. And until next time, I'm Paul Freels. I'm Dave Guzman. And this has been Practical Bass. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.